everyone, welcome to part two of this special edition of Anime Countdown. Uh, if you missed the first part, what we're doing with this particular episode is listing out our favorite series from A to Z. We were inspired by a Reddit post, which has since been deleted. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, LB, and joining me is CT. Hey there, everybody. So, on the first episode, we were able to get from the numbers all the way up to L, which means in this episode, we're going to be covering M through Z. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start right in on things. Uh, CT, let's go ahead and let's start with your pick for the letter M. Well, uh, here is where I think we might have an overlap again. I guess we'll find out. Because the options for this are P or M, and you, I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're putting for P, uh, and I had an overriding one for P, and this became more usable, so I am putting, not terribly surprisingly, uh, Madoka Magica here. Good choice. I don't know how much we've talked about it uh, uh, before. I don't think it needs much introduction or anything. Amusingly, I will specifically state that it is just the TV series, not any of the uh, movies, nor Rebellion. This is one of those where I consider the way it wraps up so tight and perfect that I will not risk that being affected by the Rebellion movie. <laughs> Uh, I know it's contentious. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are just like, you know, it was fine with it. So because I have no idea how I will react to it, I'm, I'm ending it there. So maybe this affects other people who either loved or hated Rebellion. I don't know if this will actually affect anyone going in, but it's it's one of those where I don't rewatch a lot, but I have of course brought a few people into it including people who have no exposure to like Magical Girl Shoujo stuff uh, and yet brought them in and got them uh, compelled and hooked on Madoka Magica uh, and I will frequently come back in and watch episodes 11 and 12 just to sort of re-experience uh, you know, the 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 overwhelming part where everything is coming to a head. That's basically one way that I will rewatch stuff. I will rewatch key moments in a uh, thing or favorites of a series rather than watching the whole one. And, and this is probably one of the ones that I've done most often for the series itself, rather than uh, for a particular moment, uh, like the aforementioned, uh, Season 2, Episode 5 in Hibikei Euphonium, or Episode 7 in Kids on the Slope. Those are those are things where I'm taking, you know, the, the moment of it, and I just want that one moment. But for Madoka Magica, it's just to wrap everything up. Uh, because I like it a whole lot. So it's, it's one of the few uh, TV series that I give a 10 on my list, and it's the only completed TV series uh, I felt obliged to for Chihaya Furu because it's my second favorite anime, but technically 
you know, they could blow it at some point. When when they do season four, they could jump off a cliff. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, but <laughs> so, and there, I feel like there's a lot more to complain about from uh, Chihaya Furu and one that'll come up later because there's a lot more ground that it covers through all of the episodes. There's pacing, there's day-to-day, there's other stuff. But Madoka is just wrapped up so well. And again, it's, you know, Shaft doing pretty much some of the best Shaft does. So therefore, uh, everything about it is handled so well and so tightly along there that... uh, that, that it feels like the kind of thing where you can just be, okay, here, I will give this, I will give this a 10 without reservation. So, uh, so that's what I have done. And I'm wondering, because I'm pretty sure I know your P, I'm wondering if you also picked uh, Madoka Magica, because you already went with the uh, side name for Maid-sama last time. So, funny enough, no, I did not go with Madoka Magica. You must have picked Mardok Scramble, then. I did not. <laughs> that seemed unlikely. Uh, I'd, I'm, I'm not sure. I, uh, I would normally say something like, March comes in like a lion. I don't know where you put that, but that could have also taken your number place. Uh, it's because uh, three got to you could uh, you could cheat it in there and I don't that you didn't do either so I'm not sure where where you lie on that but uh, but drop it baby so for M I went ahead and went with a classic title that I've mentioned before on another episode and is not currently licensed and that would be Maplax. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you took my Girls with Guns challenge to heart. <laughs> so Mad Blacks, I've mentioned it before. This is a series that when I was first starting being an anime blogger back in 2005, this is one of the first series that really captured my attention and I gave rave reviews to from beginning to end. To this day, the singles that I bought way back in 2005 hold a very esteemed place in my home video library. I still go back and watch it every so often. It's very much a classic in my eyes and probably the best B-Trained Girls with Guns series that they created uh, even better than yeah. Noir or El Castor. Uh, well, I was going to guess Noir for your end, so I guess we'll we'll find out whether this comment is uh, is knocking that one aside. And you already skipped everything for El Cazador, so uh, Madlax may be your only entry. I guess we'll find out for sure. Indeed. So Which, yeah, is this the one you you experienced first? Uh, yeah, this was the first one that I experienced. Uh, I started with Madlax, went into El Cazador, and then watched Noir at last. Right. And I went in with Noir and didn't watch the others, so there we go. For shame. For shame. Well, 
we got this show we could do where we recommend stuff to each other. So I guess <laughs> I guess I know something that that may appear pretty soon. Um, now you did, of course. There were some M's that you have already uh, recommended me. So how close did uh, Maharomatic come to taking this position? Maharomatic did not come anywhere close to taking this position. Oh man, what did, what did Madlax edge out though? Obviously, you moved Maid Sama to make room for for Madlax, but was uh, what what was possibilities otherwise? Uh, uh, I'd have to double check my list real fast, but I mean, I could have gone with. There's a lot of M's. Mm -hmm. That I could have gone with. I could have gone with Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Uh, I could have gone with my love story. I was. So. I I think probably Madoka Magica, if anything, edged out uh, Millennium Actress, which would have been forced to be only an M. But because I, because I had a uh, an overriding P and had to give Madoka M, I, I couldn't make room for that, which feels which feels shameful. Okay, shall we move on to the ends? Yeah, let's go for it. What's your N? Well, I have a girl without guns. Uh, I'm trying to remember if N was the only. Think no, this was I could have done a K for it as well, but I picked N because I had fewer options. So uh, this is using the English title and not the Japanese title. Uh, there is a prominent girl. Uh, guns are not what she's known for, though. Uh, do you do you want to take a stab at it? Uh, I'm honestly not sure. Hmm. It it is my favorite Miyazaki, not not coincidentally my first Miyazaki and the one that back in my day I absorbed in every form possible a whole lot. But uh, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Ah, uh, okay. As soon as you said that it was in Ghibli, I clued in. It is not my favorite Ghibli. That one will still be upcoming. So I've created a tension point for for people. Technically, Nausicaa also can't be a favorite Ghibli because it wasn't Ghibli. That was... Everyone thinks of it because, of course, it was the first original Miyazaki one, but at the time, uh, they were still with Toei. They hadn't formed Ghibli yet. So you can have a you can have a favorite Miyazaki and a and a favorite Ghibli and a favorite Ghibli Miyazaki that are all different films. It's a little bit fun, but uh, uh, again, it's not one that I think a whole lot needs to be um, spoken about. Most people are fairly familiar with the the most obvious and uh, the large, largest Miyazaki's. Of course, Spirited Away, and even stuff like Howl's tends to be bigger and more well-known, and in many ways better appreciated than Nausicaa. Uh, for, for me, of course, this is one of those things where the manga expands the world. And of course, in an, in an earlier one of these things, I also wanted a uh, prehistory from this world uh, done from... Uh, uh, 
what's it from Yupa's perspective. So you you already know how invested I am in general. I don't need to go into it. Uh, once we can start going into movie theaters again, maybe we'll get another Ghibli fest. Uh, the the Ghibli fests in in general are one of those things that I just started using those unlimited movie plans. I knew I was always going to want to hit these, so I started getting those uh, unlimited movies, or rather the movie subscription stuff. Uh, so I got to contribute to a lot of uh, uh, Ghibli fests, and I basically go and hit everything I can. So while I watched this dozens of times raw on VHS early on, pulling everything out of it, I have also been able to experience this four or five times at this point in the movie theater. And I've been able to move between sub and dub and in fact, front row bleeding eye seats to try to just experience the quality where I'm not looking at the subtitles because I can actually excise them from my vision. Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty grand. So uh, obviously if anyone has this on their you know, I like Miyazaki, but haven't watched Nausicaa. Go, 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 go. Now, did you actually go ahead and pick Noir, or is it not Noir? No, I did not choose Noir. And, uh, uh, well, it's probably not Nausicaa, but it would be funny if it were. Although I would question why you didn't vote for it, if so. I'm not sure. I know it's not Norgami, so uh, I know a bunch of things it isn't. So pray tell what it is. So for N, I didn't have a whole lot of choices to go with. I had a few, uh, but in the end, I realized that my list was severely lacking in cute girls doing cute things. Oh, so okay. I decided to go with Non Non Biori. Very good. I highly approve. So yes, th this is... I don't know if we've talked about it before. Th this is definitely... It's probably my vote. If you're going to categorize it by cute girls doing cute things, then this feels very pinnacle uh, to me. Same thing with Yashike, just general healing. Um, I have described... It, I think, most specifically by calling it a bucolgasm. Uh, there are very few things that make me want to experience the country life, but uh, but no, none. Uh, Biori is one of those. Silver Spoon is another one of those that uh, I do do love dearly and and brings something uh, uh, to me from that. So, what? What what uh, does it bring forth in you that uh, that that it's there? Is it just something specific? Like Renge is the best character ever, so therefore. Nanon <laughs> <laughs> uh, Biori is one of those series where every character is best girl. There is no singular you know, one character that stands out above the rest, the entire cast just works so well together to create such an amazing overall picture that it just had to be in this slot. Um, I wish that it were dubbed, but... They never dubbed it? No, they never dubbed it. It was only hmm. really subbed. 
interesting. It it does feel like something. Maybe that's also it feels small enough that that might be one of those things that uh, Discotech will pick up and uh, specifically to create a, a dub of their own desire. They've been I they've been doing that for two has it right now. Oh, it's still well, uh, I- including for the disc version, or yeah. uh, just for streaming. Okay, so. Well, maybe it'll change hands. Maybe maybe you'll be screwed. <laughs> it it does not uh, affect me terribly much. <laughs> That's why I didn't even know. But uh, now, do you have a favorite? Do you have anything that you will go back to to re-experience this? This again is one of those where there's a key episode from season one that I just. Like when I'm in the mood, I don't rewatch the series. I go back and and pull in one episode, and my my heart gets to uh, you know fill up to the brim, and I get to uh, you know recall everything, and then I'll rewatch it when I can expose other people to it. But uh, do you have any favorites from there? I do have favorites. I generally, if I go back and rewatch something, I rewatch the entire thing. Um, so, but in this case, if I had to choose a favorite moment, it would be the episode where Renge is being watched by Candy Seller. So the uh, season one, episode 10, where uh, they they meet for the first time. You get to see Renge as a baby being uh, babysat by a candy store. And then they go hiking. Is yeah, that... I believe that's the one. Okay, the, the New Year's episode. Yes, I, uh, that, that is, of course, the, the one uh, that was going to lead into my side comment. You mentioned the characters. I feel like the side characters are also given a lot of good treatment. Uh, I love, uh, you know, the oldest sister from the Renge clan, uh, who is their teacher. Uh, and of course, the relationship with Candy Store is uh, is great. You, uh, you get these sides. Even the brother is best girl, so, you know. <laughs> it, would, it would be interesting to see if they uh, do a... Uh, a Mel Brooks silent movie with him because, of course, to my knowledge, he has not spoken yet, and they just seem to have a lot of fun with that. Are they going to have a time at one point where you know he he gets to speak one word or one line of dialogue just to uh, you know cap- put a capstone on there, keeping him silent the whole time? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the re- the reason I mentioned that that may fly uh, the the Mel Brooks comment to fly over uh, the heads of many people. He made a silent movie, which was a modern movie, but done entirely in uh, you know silent movie slapstick fashion. Everything uh, goes along, but he oh god, I'm gonna blank on the name of the. Uh, the classic silent movie actor, but one of one, one of the lines. Oh, uh, Marcel Marceau. He was a classic silent era. One he appears in the uh, movie and he gets uh, one line in the movie. So the only spoken line in the comedy about silent movies is the is from the uh, guy who basically defined 
the silent movie era. So it's a, it's a, it's a big uh, joke for people who are old as dirt. We we moving on then? What do, what do we have next? O? Uh, I believe O is next. Okay, since O, I had to uh, steer away from S for a reason you can probably guess. So I picked uh, O Kamito Koshin Ryo, which is Spice and Wolf. Oh, yeah. So, uh, again, not, not something that needs much, uh, revelation or conversation. Uh, amusingly, I think, uh, my appreciation of, my appreciation of Maoyu was upped at least a point or two for the existence of Spice and Wolf having gone through that before, specifically, uh, enjoying Craft uh, and Hollow so much. Uh, season three win. Season three win. Season three win. It happened to Chihayafuru. Can happen to this. But uh, man, uh, I know. I know you have watched. I'm not sure where it uh, where it lies on your uh, appreciation meter. I actually just recently rewatched both seasons of Spice and Wolf simply just because I missed Holo, something fierce. Cool. Understandable. So yeah, so Spice and Wolf holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, I never in my life thought that I would enjoy a series about fictional economics in a medieval era, but <laughs> there I but you know, it happened, so there it goes. Uh, but yeah, Spice and Wolf is very much high on my appreciation meter. Nice. Uh, amusingly, I did know people always use that as the descriptor for it to say, you know, it's so great that it makes you appreciate a, an anime with with heavy emphasis. You know, it's it's kind of fantasy slice of life economic. And I'm like, oh wow, that sounds great by concept. <laughs> rather than, <laughs> so like, I knew I'd want it going in from the economics aspect, and it it does not disappoint. It maybe doesn't deliver economically quite as much uh, bang zow as uh, I'm led to believe, but uh, but who the hell cares? It's great. So is your is your uh, uh, O going to be Outlaw Star? I mean, we did. No, it is not. It is going to be. Star uh, okay, some something boring like Oron. Uh, uh, yep, exactly. It is exactly <laughs> going to be something boring like Oron. I just had to snipe at it. Or Oron has heavy placement on a whole lot of lists, so. Uh, how how early in your uh, in your lifespan did you uh, hop aboard that train? Was it sort of similar to Maid Sama? I I'm not really remembering when. Uh, I don't recall offhand the year as they came out. Oron first premiered back in 2006. Okay. So I remember. 
I did not watch Oron as it aired. I didn't watch it until well after Funimation had released it on home video. I remember distinctly the day that Funimation announced the dubcast for Oron because they flew the entire primary cast out to a convention and got them special Oron jackets and mm. had them mm. come out during a panel one at a time. That would get to be pretty impressive by the end. Having yeah, strong, small it, was, it was a very big deal at the time. And I remember Twitter just absolutely exploded on that day. And it has plenty of, uh, of after effects. Even at modern cons, I'm used to seeing at least one Oron cosplay group wandering around with each other. And it, uh, it feels like they have heavy panel presence for anything that'll uh, cross uh, genres with it. Yeah, I mean, it's going on 15 years old now, and it's still a very popular, influential series that has earned its place among anime history. So, yeah, and the amount of times that I've rewatched this series, there is no way that I couldn't put it on my list. Right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we going to pee in our pool now? Yep, go for it, because we already know what mine is, so let's go with yours, and then I'll go for a few minutes. Okay, well, like I said, I had to move uh, Madoka Magica to M, because, uh, uh, what is it, P was used up. What that displaced was probably Millennium Actress, which, of course, I have a rather huge love affair with Satoshi Kon in general. And there are not one but two things that this effectively displaced by it. It didn't displace Paranoia Agent because Paranoia Agent was already displaced by Perfect Blue. So uh, that that is where I'm landing. Amusingly, the Japanese name for Paranoia Agent also begins with M. So this was one of those where I was very frustrated trying to shuffle things around. But uh, per Perfect Blue, again, it's it's made theater rounds recently, which is uh, great. It It's one of those things that I try to bring people in from, you know, if, if they're attached to anything that's psychological, thriller, weird, that's just if they have an appreciation of filmmaking, I'll try to hook them on Perfect Blue uh, because I think it's it's just one of those things that overall is uh, uh, so great as a package that makes that rewards you for watch, watching it again and again, that rewards you for watching people analyzing it and going back in with that perspective uh, for it. It, it just, uh, whoo, it's so good. I uh, don't think I'm alone in this. Something like uh, Paprika, again, I don't know what it was with Cone and Peas, but uh, Paprika is a bit 
too weird for its own good, so it's very enjoyable, but it, it's not something I'd try to bring people in with, and it does not, uh, it does not, uh, you know, amount to a constant rewatch for me, but something like Perfect Blue does. Uh, at a con, I picked up, you know, basically, he, here's a box set of the script and all of the storyboarding, so I can actually flip through the entire storyboard of the movie. Uh, I, I need to, I, I forget where it lies on the cell versus digital age, but if there are cells of it, I'll need to get something from that at some point. I feel like that's just a bit too late, but I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed that I don't know this right now, if it was, uh, digital. Of course, any conversation that involves, uh, Cone predominantly, I think that's, you know, the, the biggest lament and the biggest loss to the industry, uh, just from a, a personal one, um, obviously I'm not going to compare to, say, events at Kyoto Animation last year, but from simply losing a director far too young. I think that one hurt the anime industry a bit more, because he seemed, he seemed to be a lot different than what the industry was doing and investing in and he still to seem to be in a huge stride experimenting and we we really should have gotten decades more of that so sorry to end with a downer but uh perfect is great and everyone should watch it and i'm pretty sure you disagree with me on <laughs> all of all of what i just mentioned but uh have you watched Perfect Blue? I know you dropped Paranoia Agent because I saw that while I was looking up stuff for you at one point. I have not watched Perfect Blue yet. Okay. I do have to admit that while I'm not totally shocked by your choice of Perfect Blue, I'm also a little surprised that there was no mention of some other really good P series like Project Echo or Polar Bear Cafe. Oh well, I mean, I can I can name other things. I get, I got entirely uh, distracted by just wanting to talk about Satoshi Kon. Project Echo looms large in my uh, upbringing, but really, just the first movie. And it, 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 it's really just one of those so much of the era. Uh, I don't think I've gone back and rewatched that in years. Uh, so it, it does not, you know, strike quite as high. It's probably worth a mention just for the, uh, you know, the historic value of it, uh, certainly. And there's, there's plenty of fun in it, but it's not, uh, it, it doesn't hold up across the decades. Uh, Polar Bear Cafe definitely does, uh, because it is entertaining as all get out, and yes, people should should definitely watch that as well, especially if you like goofy comedies and Yashike stuff, and just generally a very skewed, uh, uh, weirdly long-running <laughs> for, for its concept. Uh, series. It feels like one of those things that would have gotten a one core outing just to have some fun with and ended, but they 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 ran it out and it's fun the whole time. So 
I gather you did not pick Polar Bear Cafe, then, if uh, you're just talking about it uh, otherwise. Yeah, I could have gone to Polar Bear Cafe, but I had to go with my the series that was my favorite for so many years, even if it has not aged well, and that would be Princess Nine. Yep. Yep, we 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 should definitely do an episode on that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just have to bring it up. We we have both ping pong should get mentioned. That gets a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, mentioned by a lot of people for you know a variety of good reason, but. Uh, uh, our our long gone, unfortunate, unresurrectable first uh, extended horizons episode, but uh, it was in our t- it was in our testing phase. We were st- steer mil- still mere pupas at the time. Indeed, that's probably not one that you would put as a uh, favorite here, pupa. No, I still have traumatic flashbacks to that every so often. <laughs> what's what's a little incestuous cannibalism between friends? <laughs> so, alright, so Princess Nine, I just briefly want to talk about this, because, yeah, it was my favorite for such a long time. Yep. Princess go, go, go. Nine, it hasn't aged all that well the animation is not that great by today's standards and the story is a little contrived by today's standards um so many other sports series have done a better job with the concept but it will always hold a special place in my heart and i still watch it probably about once a year around the start of professional baseball season to kind of get me psyched up to be heartbroken by the Mariners again. (laughs) I don't have much of a connection to baseball. I have a huge connection to baseball manga, uh, because, you know, that's what Mitsudo Arachi basically does all the time, and Cross Game is one of my, my favorite manga. Amusingly, I've never watched the anime for it. They're there are a number of things here that, uh, because I devoured the manga too much, I just kind of don't bother with the anime. But uh, we we passed that. That would have been worth a mention back in the seas. Uh, now, amusingly, I don't want to leave P yet, because I feel like you had an utter crap ton of options under P, including one that I believe you rank higher than Princess Nine. But of course, this is the alphabetical. It's a favorites list. But for instance, you, uh, we we did plastic memories as part of uh, an extended horizon, and I believe you do rank that higher than Princess Nine. So, in 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 what way does that you know is it shifted on your your favorites list? Why why not plastic memories? Plastic Memo was very good, and it was heart-wrenching, and it was something that I look back fondly on, but it didn't have the lasting long-term impact that Princess Nine did. 
Plastic Memories is one that was a really good series in the short term, but it just didn't have the same impact that I was looking for with this favorites list. And uh, another one, because we already passed O for Onagai, uh, you've been trying, you have been pushing uh, Onagai Twins, Onagai Teacher on me as possibilities for Extended Horizons for a while as well, including this last one where that's still upcoming. Uh, so how, how do those two kind of fall around and, and why not them? How do they compare as just sort of, it feels like very much a, a meaningful personal favorite for you uh, from that perspective? Oh, yeah. Please, teacher, and please, twins, are series that I really enjoyed, and once again, I still go back to them every once in a while. Uh, not nearly as often as I do Princess Nine. Princess Nine is something that I will revisit annually, uh, mostly without fail. Please Teacher and Please Twins are favorites that I'll go back to every so often. Uh, but that's about, I mean, that's how they compare pretty much. So they're, they're all jockeying for position, but just primarily the, the timing and the particularities of Princess Nine sits with you. Uh, so even though, I mean, I, I will rank things higher than Nausicaa, including, uh, what is it, Miyazaki movies, but I still say that Nausicaa is my favorite Miyazaki. So uh, I, I certainly understand the concept. I feel when we're talking about things like favoritism and rating, it's worth exploring, and this seemed to be the biggest sector of you having a whole bunch of... Uh, of stuff to, to chew over. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, you know, have to go with the series that had the biggest personal impact on my life. Uh, Princess Nine came at the exact perfect time in my life. I was just getting into anime seriously, uh, and Princess Nine was the first series that I really, truly obsessed over. It was the first series that really made me cry. So it will hmm. always have a very special place. Re remember the beginning words there. They're, they're going to come up again when we get to my you. So okay. my you is probably going to be weird for uh, consideration, specifically for everyone else. Maybe not as much for you, but I, I highly doubt you've even watched it. We'll find out. Okay. Uh, shall we go to one of the, unfortunately, there are so few options that we're just probably going to pick something that may not even be terribly much of a favorite, but you, you can only get so much with a, with a cue? Yeah, so go ahead and go gush about Queen's Blade. <laughs> no, no. It is a queen, but not a queen's blade. I am going with Queen Esmeraldus. Yeah, that's my pick, too. Okay. And for the exact same reason. I wasn't entirely sure whether you had even watched it, so that I wouldn't have guessed it for you. 
uh, simply because it doesn't feel like, you know, 70s manga and anime, Leiji Matsumoto stuff. I, I don't take you for much of a Galaxy Express 999 Harlock uh, sort. So I I didn't check your list, but uh, I I wouldn't have even thought you you would have watched it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Leiji Matsumoto space opera franchise. I've seen some Captain Harlock. I've seen Queen Emeraldus. Uh, I think I've watched Galaxy 999, but I'm not 100% about that. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I at least wanted to check it out at one point. So I did watch Queen Emeraldus. Are you sure you didn't watch it for the first time since last week just to have a cue? I am certain <laughs> of that. <laughs> so, yeah, not, not too much to go on with. I do feel like all of them, in a way, are worth investing time in. Again, it's sort of a time and place thing. There's going to be a particular appreciator for the kind of aesthetic or the kind of uh, just historic uh, uh, nature of Leiji Matsumoto's stuff and those works at that time. There's actually quite a lot of Harlock and uh, Galaxy Express to spin through over the years. I have tapped in now and then. I've enjoyed it to a reasonable degree, but yeah, that it would it would not make a top ten or a top fifty or a top a hundred if I'm listing stuff. So it uh, it was there because it could be exactly. Uh, so I guess we're going on to R directly. Yep, let's just go ahead and jump forward to that. Okay. Uh, this one is a slight cheat because I had to get it out of the R's. Uh, not out of the R's. I had to get it out of the S's. Uh, the only other option from the English title was D, uh, which I wanted to use otherwise. And I didn't have another otherwise open one. So I'm using the name that most people would refer to it by, which is Rakugo. Rakugo Shinju. Technically, its full title is Show Again Roku Rakugo Shinju, or Descending Stories from the English side. Uh, this is now one of my. I don't technically have a position for it. I only give positions to my first two, and the others sort of shift around. But if I was going to give, if I was going to permanently etch a number three, this would probably be the one that I would do it with because. Uh, I'm kind of a drama whore and a melodrama whore. I love things that basically don't have to have fantastic elements to it. Uh, the amount it, it covers time periods that aren't really covered much back during, you know, the war and afterward and uh, Reconstruction era Japan and then kind of the 80s in Japan. It, it feels you know, very, very much in there. There are shocks and turns in it. Uh, it's about something. The appeal that Chihaya Furu has for me of being like the weirdest game slash competitive sport thing you can probably think of. And also the most like uniquely tied to uh, the uh, very specifically Japanese tied culturally and otherwise. Lingually, 
uh, all of those are there for me with uh, with Rakugo as well. Just the the art in general. There, there's no anime, to my knowledge, that's good uh, about uh, other forms of theater like Kabuki. But uh, there's there's surprisingly a lot that uh, that brings Rakugo to life and. Uh, and uh, I enjoy the comedic side uh, from Joshiraku, but uh, the dramatic side from this work is almost peerless. So uh, for for anyone to whom any of that sounds appealing, and if you have not gone down the Rakugo path at this point, you you really have to. Is, is that one that you uh, took in seasonally at the time, or... Or since then, or uh... I haven't watched it yet, simply because, despite what everybody tells me about it, it just never sounded like something that I would be particularly into, and I'm really worried about going into it and not and confirming my suspicions about that. I would like to check it out at some point, but I'm just not in a rush. I, I may have to evaluate a bunch of your series and uh, ratings to figure it out. You're, we're already on thin ice here with a with a few recent things. I'm not sure it it could take a uh, a panning or a or a drop of rock ago between us. Well, let's let's give uh, you know more time to to bring us closer together before we can risk the kind of uh, discussion that would result. Uh, <laughs> if you if you drop or just hate Rakugo, man. So what what do you got then? I'm trying to so, think of your. I'm trying to think if you had any that got recommended in that we've covered already. Uh, so for our, I came really really close to going with uh, the classic series record of Lotus War because I loved it so much back in the day. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that I haven't revisited it in so long that I'm not sure how much of my love of it is colored by nostalgia. Right, how much is nostalgia? And to a degree... Once you re-experience your nostalgia, you find out, was that the only thing holding it up? Uh, <laughs> or do I appreciate it still more because of, of that? Is is it flavoring it, uh, uh, what is it, uh, positively at this point? It would be neat if you went with Run With The Wind, because we did do that for Extended Horizon, but I, I somehow doubt that. Yeah, nope. I decided to go with something a little unexpected, uh, despite the fact that the director is now rather problematic, but we're going to ignore that, because that has nothing to do with the anime. Uh, so I decided to go with the English title of Recovery of an MMO Junkie. Ah, I was wondering. We did... Uh... We did that as well. That's right. So recovery of an <laughs> MMO junkie is one of those series where in only 12 episodes, 
they managed to tell a really fun, compelling romance story about adults, which I really, really appreciate. I love it when I get to see a nice full story about adult characters trying to navigate their adult geeky lives. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I was really considering putting Wotakoi on my list at mm. one point as well. Sure. Wotakoi is, is definitely very good. I hope we get more of that. It uh, could in no way challenge my W, and I guess uh, you had problems there too. But, I uh, did, yeah. I'm I'm forgetting, of course. We did not do uh, what what one. Uh, we didn't do recovery of an MMO junkie. We we did the. Uh, I was mixing it up with. There's never a girl online. So yeah, my brain went down a different but somewhat related path. But, uh, yeah, amusingly, I stalled on that one, and I don't know why. I think it was just time during the season. I was probably losing a bit of it, and it was just one of those that I couldn't team up with. But I've wanted to return to it, because it, it feels like uh, something dealing with the sort of depression and neathood and other things that, that hit sort of meaningfully and in a way going in a more Yashike kind of direction rather than, you know, the other series that kind of lean in seem to feed a whole lot more off darkness and depression. No matter how much you might identify with Welcome to the NHK, it is not a, uh, <laughs> it's not a pleasant ride. So uh, I, I should definitely get back to that one at some point. The problem is, really there's never it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I have, I have no issues with it. Uh, I, uh, I was gonna say that I'm, I'm surprised, but I think you actually stalled on Revolutionary Girl Utena, which seems like a weird thing. For, for specifically you. So before we before we go on to probably one of the biggest and most contentious letters and also uh, uh, you know enough enough to talk about what uh, Utina would usually make a bunch of lists. I'm doubting you obviously you wouldn't have put it on you if you stalled it. Uh, what what happened there? I'm just curious. Utina. Honestly, I think the reason why I was never able to finish it isn't particularly because the series is bad or because I don't like the series so much. It's more that I kind of associate it with a person who was kind of a toxic influence on my life a few years ago. So it's really difficult to separate that in my mind. Interesting. I, I certainly wasn't uh, expecting that to get pulled in a, a side influence. Uh, obviously, that's uh, an explanation. I thought it might be more of an Ikuhara thing, because uh, for some it people... It kind of is, because Ikuhara and I do not get along, like, okay. in the very, very least. 
I was uh, wondering whether or not that would uh, that would intrude. Uh, I know a lot of people love him to death, and then a lot of people hate him in general. Uh, <laughs> so he's he seems to be one of those uh, that people get really invested in, and they get really invested in stylistically, and not even visual stylistically, but almost more dialogue and storytelling and editing in a way a lot more uh uh what is it uh, uh writing uh, yeah i mean i don't know how many people share this opinion but personally i think ikuhara whenever he directs a series likes to go so far up his own ass that it's okay. ridiculous there there we go where are you on uh yuasa Oh, uh, Yuasa, I haven't seen a lot of his series. He does fairly well when with what I have seen. Uh, but yeah, Ikuhara and I just don't get along. Okay. Makes sense, makes sense. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you can guess my S. I did have a couple options... Usually, I would have pushed this to you, just so I could free up S for probably one of the, you know, multiple, multiple other things that begin with S that uh, that one can easily make room for. Uh, but I wanted to use U for a specific purpose, and I couldn't shift that to O. If I, if I was redoing my list, I would have shifted it to I. And talked about it last time, which would have freed up you for this one and then asked for something else. But anyway, uh, you can guess it since I paraded around as my number one, uh, but it is Space Brothers. So Yeah, that's mine too. Okay. But I, to be fair, I had a really hard time with this one. Uh, now I know it, it is not tops for you. I, I do know that uh, it... Ranks high. I also know, of course, that, uh, you know, I, w I was technically introduced to it by you uh, back when you were still doing JTOR AM. So it's a, I find it an amusing connection between us as well. Uh, what, the, the, I mean, the, it was much easier for me, I think, for uh, Space Brothers to override any other consideration I had, but... Uh, what, for instance, on your end, uh, were, were you having a hard time with something like Shirabaka or a Silver Spoon? No, which... actually, uh, my first instinct was to go with my Gateway series, which would have been Sailor Moon. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, then I also could have gone with one of the first series that showed me that anime could be vastly different from anything that I had ever seen before, and that would be Sakura Wars. Remember those words as well. It's going to come back up in you. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I also could have gone with lesser-known series. I could have gone with Shonen Maid or Silver Spoon or Skip Beat or Snow White with the Red Hair mm. or Spice and Wolf or Squid Girl or mm. the list goes on and on and on and on. S was very contentious for me. That is for sure. Uh, 
was there a reason that I'm I'm specifically uh, saying that I had to avoid you, and we'll find out why in a bit. Uh, was there? Is there something that you found you couldn't move out of you to shift this to you, so that uh, for Uchu Kyodai, so that you could use S for say Sakura Wars, which feels like a a more personal, meaningful favorite from uh, from you. Yeah, I had to use you for something else. I had to shift my B down to you uh, in order to clear space. Interesting. Uh, So I couldn't use you. I had to use it for S. Uh, And Space Brothers, the reason why it won out over so many others is because I've gone back to it multiple times despite it being 99 episodes long Mm -hmm. um and no matter how many times i rewatch this show i've watched it beginning to end two or three times um no matter how many times i rewatch this show the episodes with hibito on the moon always have me on the edge of my seat with an uncomfortable feeling in my stomach, even okay. if I know what's going to happen. Okay, we, we got to stop here a second, because you were someone who was also watching it weekly at that time. You didn't... I started watching it weekly, not right in the beginning, but, uh, you know, when you guys were talking about it on the podcast, it was still in the single digits, so I joined early and caught up and watched it, of course, weekly. Uh... I hadn't gotten... There'd be a friend that I have in Japan who I got into catching up to Space Brothers, but he was after the 40s. So the episodes you're talking about on the moon, he came in right around 50, so he did not have to experience the weekly torture of all of those episodes. Uh, (laughs) Were you still watching weekly at that point, or did you, you know, get out of the habit and catch up again later? Um, no, I'm still watching weekly. Okay, excellent. So, uh, yeah, how how is it that that could be like the most stressful, heart pounding, horror esque <laughs> situation for what's ostensibly you know an inspirational, aspirational slice of life drama uh, thing here? But I have never been more like anal uh, uh, sphincter uh, uh, curling up into a torus inside my own uh, shell considering what's going on and being like because at, at that point uh, there was no access to the manga I would go on and read all of the manga and I keep up with that still but uh, you, while you could have gone and pursued the manga I wasn't and I assume you were not uh, at the time, but, uh, you know, just trying to consider how on earth do they get out of this? I'm like, um, uh, he, he's just fucking dead, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not to spoil anything here. I mean, there's a little bit of spoiling things here, but just to say, there's some uh, there's some real shit that goes on there, and it is pure terror, and it is almost 
crazy to find it in a work like uh, like Space Brothers, which which also has one of my favorite. I've, Space Brothers is my favorite anime, but doesn't necessitate it having favorite moments. And I don't think it has favorite moment. If it covered more ground and picked up where the manga got in the 200s, probably it would. Uh, like a single scene or a single set of, of episodes. But there is one episode in Space Brothers that uh, is my favorite. And uh, of all anime in this case. Uh, do you have anything there that, that strikes you hard that... Uh, 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 that that sits with you that you would... I know you said you don't really go back to rewatch single episodes, but in the same way we mentioned it about Nono and Biori, is there one uh, or two things in particular that stick out to you about them? I honestly can't say that there's one thing in particular uh, about the run that sticks out to me. The whole overall product is just a phenomenal ride from beginning to end. Um, Oppo is probably best puppy. <laughs> okay. Best, just best puppy or best pet? Best puppy. Or best mascot. Okay. We, that might have to be a thing where we're, uh, where we, where we do one of these about, uh, particular pet categories or animal yeah. categories or mascotry that that sounds like it'd be a a fun time yeah uh, we'll definitely have to do that at some point <laughs> but uh what the what the heck okay well to to reveal what i'm specifically talking about it is episode three uh which which has the title "The Dancing Astronaut," which might make you go, "Oh, okay, I know what one it is." Maybe it it doesn't specifically, but it's right at the time where our three main characters, uh, Muta, Sarika, and Kenji, are waiting to find out if they've passed or not, and we're basically getting their backstories. And mm -hmm. uh, Sarika, of course, has one of the most melodramatic. Tear-jerking uh, tea, tea, tear backstories that you can kind of come up with. And interestingly, this is one of the places where I think the anime did it way better than the manga, because the manga covers it, but you're not really feeling it as much. It's handled in a much smaller period of time. There's not the equivalent of a whole episode devoted to it. It's, it's not even one chapter, precisely. It's sort of part of one chapter, but the way that it's handled in the anime, they expand, they they do stuff. I really appreciate that episode in particular. And it's kind of tear-provoking from about five different directions over the entire course of the episode. That it's, uh, It is a drama ride, to be sure. Uh, but all, all of the episodes right around there are good. And of course, then it's going to the drama on the moon. It's a very good block of... Uh, of episodes all told, but that, that specific episode sticks out. Right on. Uh, do, are we just going to talk about Space Brothers for the rest of the podcast? or? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we, could, we could. I'd be fine with it. it it's funny that, uh, you know, the, this one again, talking about things with which it edges out. Spirited Away is one of those things that feels very hard to 
have anything edge it out. Uh, I don't know how much you were considering it because you seem to use movies of, as a fallback more than at, at the same level of contention. But uh, certainly I'd have had to pull that in if I didn't uh, have an overriding space for others. I'm not sure if there's another TV show that I would put there. I moved Rakugo already, so I could have put Shogun Roku Rakugo there instead. But uh, maybe... Sakamichi no Apollon, which uh, is Kids on the Slope, which was my K, my second K that only got edged out by Kyosu Giga. It, yeah, it, it feels I mean, like we should talk about our strategy for the list in its own episode. <laughs> but uh, may, maybe we should just move on. Yeah, let's go ahead and go on to T. Okay. Uh, T, uh, I don't know if you have any specific guesses for me. I know for a lot of folks of, a, of an era, Trigon is one of those things that, uh, that would be up there. Uh, not, not, not quite on my level. Um, I'm, I'm leaning movie again, and I'm leaning Satoshi Kon again, because there are very few things that I will... Rewatch on a schedule, but uh, as a Jew, I have a Christmas movie, and it's Tokyo Godfathers. Right on. Is just an extraordinary movie, all told. Uh, I'm not going to bring up anything more about Cone, but I I still find it fascinating the way that he moved through, and that he moved into something that is kind of a slapstick comedy but the things being talked about are still serious. He still is kind of covering uh, the nature of, of what he wants to. And for anyone picking up Cone for the first time or trying to expand to experience all of it, uh, there is a particular YouTuber called Breadsword who has great videos about Cone's uh, movies. And uh, the Tokyo Godfathers one in particular is great. Uh, so I, I encourage all of that, but, uh, this is, uh, th this is just one of those that sits with me and I, I really can't, as a favorite, I have to put the two movies, there are only two right now that I have specific days that I will rewatch them. Uh, so I, I need to have more appointment viewing for, for rewatching. Uh, and maybe that'll expand the list a bit, but uh, those two have to go there. So if I rewatch this every year on Christmas Day, then uh, then it gets a place on my list. And I, I don't think it could, I don't think it could have been moved to any other letter. But I'm forgetting. I I feel like for the most part he was pretty uh, stock on with uh, the names of the things being kind of the same in uh, uh, English and in uh, Japanese. So. Tokyo Godfazu. <laughs> yes. Indeed. It's it's phonetically the same. So. Uh, I guess let, let's flit over your direction. I'm pretty sure you... It feels like one you would have watched, but did, did you not watch Tokyo Godfathers? I haven't watched it yet. I planned on seeing it in the theaters, 
when it was oh, re-released right. recently, uh, and then the world kind of caught on fire. I thankfully got to see that before the world uh, blowed up, so that was one of the latter ones. I've seen it at least a couple times in theaters, which is great. Every time I had the ability to, I did. But uh, did it? Did you pick something that uh, that begins with the? I could have gone with something that didn't begin with the. Uh, <laughs> I tried to go with something that didn't begin with the. Oh, okay. Then I'm pretty sure I know what you did. I I don't. I like have a habit of just completely throwing away. Uh, the from contention. I don't like that it can be a letter. So, of ones that don't have the uh, Toradora usually comes to mind as a uh, community favorite. Um, but since you have specifically said the, I'm pretty sure it is one that would have otherwise fallen upon R. Is that correct? No, actually. Oh, shit, no? Okay, no. then. What what is it? Hit me. It is the devil is a part timer. Wow. Okay. I don't I don't think that's come up a, a whole lot. I know, I know it gets mentioned around, but I, I totally thought it'd be the Royal Tutor for you in that case. No, the Royal Tutor is a good series, but the Devil is a Part Timer is criminally underrated in my opinion. Uh, the fact that it never got a second season still eats away at my heart and soul. Hmm. Uh, uh, was the, that light novel stuff or manga? It, it was started light, light, novel. light novel. How how long running a series? Uh, like twenty two volumes, I think. Oh, okay. So they could, if they felt like it, they could go for a good long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This could have gotten a second and third season easily, but unfortunately, when it aired, fans didn't take to it all that well, so if I recall correctly, it ended up not selling very well, uh, which, again, is just absolutely criminal in my mm. mind. I don't understand how this series did not sell like hotcakes because it is just so good and I've watched it literally dozens of times. Hmm. I, I think mentally I've put it in a particular... It, 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 I may be, of course, coming at it from the wrong angle, but it it's always felt like kind of a harem-esque, semi-etchy, just rom-com, lightweight farce in which I, it feels like uh, it's one of many of uh, similar fare. So I have never really felt uh, it worth going back to as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, uh, you really need to fix that. Like, okay. really soon. Because it is not very fan servicey. It doesn't really have any harem aspects. Uh, it's just straight comedy, workplace, devil, gets a part time job at a fast food restaurant. It's very funny, very charming. 
I love it to pieces. And like I said, I, the fact that I've read past where the anime left off in the manga, and I'm now that I'm at the point where the second season would probably have ended, it still just drives me absolutely <laughs> mad that it, this is something that I will not let go of, and I will be forever pissed that <laughs> did not that the series did not continue on. Uh, interesting. White Fox did it. So uh, yeah. To to be fair, they're a little bit uh, distracted lately, and they've been they've been doing more more things. Wow, you you you've picked up a whole lot of uh, White Fox stuff, including uh, what was your K? Kaicho wa Maid Sama. Oh right, that's where you had to move Maid Sama. Would you yeah. have put something like Katana Gatari there if you weren't moving it for uh, for moving the M? Katana Gatari could have been put into K because I loved that series to pieces, but I haven't revisited it recently, so I just couldn't put it in there and have it be a fair choice. Right. But you did put in Jormungand. Uh, no, I didn't have any other Js. Right. Oh, right. So it didn't matter a whole lot at that point. Yeah. Uh, Devil is a part-timer. I know I know how uh, a Kamiga kill uh, sits for you. We've passed R, so if ReZero sat uh, great with you, uh, uh, it, it didn't appear. I don't recall whether you're up on that. But White Fox also did Girls Last Tour, which, uh, other than the fact that there's no way I could move R or S... Uh, or, or in my case, G, uh, <laughs> uh ju just to make room for Shoujo Shimatsu, but, uh, I, I would love to, because there's a level of absurd love that I have for, uh, Girls Last Tour, and again, that's more White Fox, and now, of course, they're, they got back and, uh, ReZero's hit the ground running, so, uh. It does feel like it would be nice to go back to something like that. I'm not sure if they're the kind of studio that would do it. So maybe, uh, maybe Denkenki Dio would uh, try to convince someone else to pick it up and give it another shot. But if it didn't sell well in Japan or anywhere else, that would have been early in the common streaming out here, 2013. So. I'm pretty yeah. sure that we didn't do anything meaningful with it regardless. So uh, it'd be nice for more. I kind of wish that instead of throwing so much weird crap that we're getting, like every every possible isekai concept in the universe, uh, all of these uh, gotcha game connections, you're like, hey, we're a gotcha game. We'll, we'll fund an anime. I kind of wish the studios weren't so distracted by that and would delve into things that just feel like they didn't get as much of a test as they should and see how bringing them back would do. So that would be neat. Uh, if I did go into the thes of ones I share with you, I, my highest would have been the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. You stalled on that, you bastard. We have to bring that. We'll have to dredge that up. 
Uh, but the ancient mage's pride. I love yeah, that. So if I were going to leave, if I were going to pick a the, I'd probably have done that. So, but now we get to you. Yes, and I have built up enough uh, of a lead up for this one in particular. Uh, this is the one that is my favorite Ghibli. Uh, so I don't know if that drags up uh, anything for you. Uh, I probably, this is the one that I probably should ha should have moved to I, and I will name the first English title because that was overwritten so long ago. You still might not know what it is. Uh, when I got the raw videotape back in the day, I knew it as either the Japanese name, Umiga Kikueru, or I Can Hear the Sea. Nowhere is it known by that now, but do you do, are you familiar that you might know what I'm talking about? I'm vaguely familiar with the title you're referring to, but I don't remember the new title for it. How it is licensed is Ocean Waves. Okay, that's what I was thinking. It, uh, it does make it in. Now, what this is, it is actually a kind of short, because it, it's not even an hour and a half. It's more like 70 minutes. It was a television movie, so it was not theatrically released. Uh, it was not done by any of the Ghibli directors, so it wasn't Miyazaki, it wasn't Takahata. Uh, now, it was the director of Princess Nine, so I'm, I'm a little surprised if uh, you haven't gone and explored some of that, uh, uh, whose name is uh, Tomomi Mochizuki. Technically, he also did the Orange Road movie, uh, and and a bunch of other things that are personally personally meaningful to me. But this is one of those that was so right place, right time, and uh, the other thing I told you to remember: so different than anything I had experienced before. Now it's it's of course very normy, but. I had not, at this point, I delved in and, and uh, watched as much anime as I could, watched it all over and over again. That particular era, starting at 89, going through, this movie was 93, so I probably would have gotten it in 94 or 95, <clears throat> uh, the raw for it. Uh, it, you know, everything was sci-fi, uh Anything that even had school life had a weird hook. Ranma one half, of course, uh, you know, has people swapping, uh, turning into different genders and animals and martial arts hijinks. Uh, and it's just a slapstick uh, comedy. Uh, Orange Road, again, the same thing. You kind of get uh, comedy. You got a, a huge amount of tropes at the time. That was the closest that I got to sort of normy things. There is still supernatural in them. If, if there wasn't, then at the very least, it was fighting-based. Uh, I know sports existed at the time. I don't recall whether or not I watched any, because I wasn't interested in sports. So even if I would have normally picked up something like uh, Aim for the Ace at the time, that, that wasn't there. 
uh, I wouldn't have watched uh, another show yet, which I won't mention because it's my why. <laughs> <laughs> but at the very least, there is nothing supernatural. So this is effective, effectively my first anime that just felt like kind of a, a hallmark television movie. It did not have supernatural. It did not have martial arts hijinks. The characters looked Japanese, which I think it was my first exposure to something that steered much closer to, uh, uh, you know, what, what you might expect. Everyone's hair was between dark brown and black. Uh, you didn't have purples and uh, uh, blondes all over the place who you were trying to stick in. At the time, it wasn't quite as crazy in the, the early 90s as it uh, became by the late 90s. But even then, you know, it's it's not big eyes, big mouth, wild hair either. So everything felt as normal as possible. The story was low. There were no stakes in this. It was just a sweet little romance tale. And more than that, it was kind of a, a more adult, nostalgic thing. The romance part was a high school romance, but it was taken from the perspective of someone in college kind of thinking wistfully about it. Uh, and it just wanders through stuff. And of course, when I got it, it was right at the age I would have gotten it while I you know, just started going... <laughs> I would have been in college. I would have been thinking wistfully and uh, regretfully and in my head fully about, uh, a, you know, things in high school that I did not pursue or never happened. Uh, so this whole approach to it just just hit me from every angle while being also, holy shit, anime can do this? It, it felt almost ludicrous. That's something that normie. <laughs> was anime. Uh, I mean, I couldn't even think of uh, Hollywood or American animation, not, not cartoons specifically, but animation that did it. Animation was almost entirely always for the fantasy aspect and the supernatural and the way to con convey that. I have a hard time thinking of anything at that time that would have struck anywhere in there, but it, it caused... A, a leap in an appreciation of anime as a medium for me simply because I'm like, well, apparently there's no limits. They'll just do everything there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a novel uh, by someone. I did not read the novel. Uh, I would probably like to read uh, her novels in general. Again, that's, that's one of those things that feels like we lack where we're getting a decent amount of translated light novels we're getting a lot fewer in the way of uh, localized novel novels. It's gotten better. I would like it to be even better. Probably there are fan translations out there as well. But uh, I'm not sure if any of her other works got, uh, got adapted. But uh, it would be interesting just to see how it uh, reads as a book instead of as a movie. But uh, I found it also interesting that uh, the Ghibli would do it. It's part of the reason why I, you know, basically pursued as much as I could about Ghibli, because they seem to be, again, 
Gainax had a much bigger presence, I think, in the scene at the time, but it was for, you know, big, high-concept, uh, lots of robots and mecha in space and sci-fi. Uh, they would go out there, out there in a lot of directions. They would pursue a lot of angles. They would probably, you know, throw out the single most uh, affecting work of its era, possibly any era in Evangelion. Uh, <laughs> but with Ghibli, you got all sorts of stuff. You got small works that were very normal. You got a whole lot of different sets of design. You could really sense difference between what Takahata did and what Miyazaki did. And they were still bringing in other directors and younger ones and one timers and part timers. So, uh, it, uh, it was just very interesting. And, and weirdly, this was such a confluence of events title, uh, for me at the time that it has stuck with me uh, as long as it has and had as much effect as it has for something that usually it's at the very least bottom third on every like Ghibli ranking list I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> most of the time it's dead last or second to last uh, ahead of Earthsea on regular fan rankings, but uh but for me, it has been a very specific favorite. So I've, I think I've purged as much as I need to about it now. Okay. So for my you, I have mentioned repeatedly throughout these episodes, uh, throughout each one, that I had to jump my B up to you. Originally, in my U slot, I had the series Uta no Prince-sama. Okay, sure. But then I realized that the reason why that <clears throat> series was in my U slot and the reason why I had rewatched it so many times is because it's my wife's favorite series. <laughs> okay. So it just didn't feel right to me to put it on my list, because as much as I enjoy it, it's not my favorite. Obviously, you can share that kind of stuff, but uh, but if it if it doesn't hit, then, uh, you know, you, you should definitely let a personal one override. I'm pretty sure we're going to match on V which makes me wonder what you had to move to you. I, I can't think of anything offhand. Uh, I know you've mentioned Umineko when they cry before, but that I don't think in a, I don't think that's one that would end up being a, a tops for you. So. No. So for my, you, I decided to go with Usagi drop. Oh, okay. Never mind. I can, Wait a minute. Oh, God, I thought you were saying V. No, <laughs> Victor, you were saying V. Okay, I could have guessed that <laughs> at that yes. point. Yes, I will, uh, I, I will have no issues agreeing there. It is, it, it is heartwarming almost beyond belief. So uh, go... I gushed way too much about you, so I don't want to overwrite your comments now. So uh, take it away. Yeah, so Usagi Drop, if you've never seen it, 
is honestly just one of those amazing shows that comes along once every few years, uh, maybe once every few decades. Uh, it's just incredibly heartwarming. The animation is beautiful. It's watercolor-esque, which you don't really get to see that much anymore. Um, Usagi Drop tells an amazing story about a older man who is forced to adopt the young love child that was left behind when his grandfather passed away. Uh, it's just a great story about a man learning to be a parent when he never ever planned to, to begin with. Uh, it's heartwarming, it's beautiful, it ends at just the right point. There was, if we ever do the countdown list of No More Seasons, this one is going to get mentioned again. I have to I have to interrupt you though because you said something that that wounds me to the quick. Okay. You called Daikichi basically. You said an older man. He was 30. How old are you? <laughs> you older man. I, I know in the grand scheme of anime, that's pretty old, considering middle schoolers save the world and high schoolers are where all romances drop. <laughs> Out there. But calling a 30-year-old an older man, I, I felt it. I felt it, man. Comparatively. Yes. Okay, that that's fine. It's comparatively. But yes, there there are a number of uh, good series, anime and manga as well, that cover sort of single fatherhood. Usually it's done from the direction uh, of the wife died mysteriously from an illness. She when the, Usually when the child is too young to remember. Uh, you can certainly follow your way in if you're the type who watched Sweetness and Lightning and love that. You know, this doesn't have a side focus about cooking or something like that. It's just explicitly about uh, child rearing and uh, in this case being entirely out of his element because she's a, uh, a six-year-old that her grandparental, as it were, adopted guardian passed away and no one else in the family wanted her. So he took her in uh, because he felt that everyone was just basically being in insulting and considering her existence a strange, anomalous inconvenience. And he's like, well, fuck all y'all. I'll do it. Uh <laughs> Which is fine. The rest of his family ain't great shakes on, on the whole, but uh, it is it is such a marvelous ride. It is one of those that you can uh, live vicariously through for the relationship stunted or the child stunted at no matter what age you are. Uh, it, it is it is definitely uh, great. The uh, I don't know. There, there's just uh, uh, other than the thing we're not going to talk about that much. There's, uh, there's nothing bad to uh, talk about with the story in general, and I, I say we leave it at that. 
Yeah, I'd say we leave it at Usagi Drop is an absolutely wonderful anime series. Uh, and an absolutely great anime. 11 episode anime. Exactly. That's Don't watch the Rebellion it. movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we get to V, which uh, I'm not sure how many options there are, but considering what you've mentioned about it before uh, and the fact that I lost track of Vinland Saga, which possibly for me could have kept up, uh, I have to go Violet Evergarden. And I'm pretty That's sure that you went Violet Evergarden as well. So uh, yeah, it, it felt like there wasn't a whole lot of choice. Uh, I know we, you mean we talk... we're not going to go on and on about the amazingness of Virgin Fleet? <laughs> well, to be fair, something like I could have potentially overridden with something like Vampire Hunter D as a uh, as just a, a tremendous nostalgia presence, but it never loomed that large for me even back in the day as well. And uh, Valkyria Chronicles didn't really do it for me. The game does. The anime does not. Uh, so everyone can go play the Valkyria Chronicles game, but we're going to talk about Violet Evergarden. Uh, <laughs> it Again, it's not one that feels like we need to say too much about it because it is uh, very recent and still in motion because we... The, the special recently dropped, and they have another one, as far as I know, coming out that brings up, of course, echoes of uh, the Kyoto Animation tragedy. So let's not bring things down in general. But uh, Violet Evergarden uh, is, is just one of those series that... I know that people have a lot of objections to it from a, well, it was overhyped or it leans too much into the melodramatic and I don't go for that kind of thing. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, but frankly, it's just such a great moving overall ride that uh, I, I give it full props. It's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, a top 10 or 20 series for me. There's way too much that it would have to outpace which it can't, but for the letter V, there's certainly no contest. And, and in general, it looms large in my, in my recent anime appreciation. Uh, uh, frankly, especially the animation. It's not different. I mean, I'm used to how uh, Kyoto Animation works. Two of my previous uh, things brought their other prettiest thing I can think of, which is Hibikeyufonium. Uh, to mind, if I could have leaned out for it, I probably would have grabbed uh, uh, Hyoka. But, uh, they, I mean, that was H, so. Uh, <laughs> I already got Hibikeyufonium there. I can't do that. Uh, but, goddamn, it's just so vivid. It does not have the same impact aesthetically as a lot of other things do you just mentioned from usagi drop a kind of pastel approach to to a lot of it that you don't see a whole lot 
and that uh, that gives a unique feel to it. We mentioned before people like uh, Ikuhara or Yuasa, who definitely bring a uniqueness to the visual presentation. Shaft, of course, has their approach to to stuff. But if you were just kind of going to say, make me something as lickably delicious as you can, I feel like that would describe Violet Evergarden. Even CG that makes me wince from high heaven uh, was mixed in well. It still makes me wince, even in Violet Evergarden. But most of the time, we're not interrupted by this. We simply have... uh, you know, gorgeous countrysides. You also have terrifying, uh, you know, war landscapes. You have flower gardens and you have riverscapes and uh, everything has a vivacity to it that that is hard to see other things matching and certainly not television series. Movies, oftentimes, you can go out to any anything Makoto Shinkai. Probably you can say, you know what? This real freaking pretty. Uh, <laughs> to the same degree. But I have not experienced that same level of it uh, as I have in, in Violet Evergarden. Uh, and I don't know. There, there are a number of key episodes. That's it. Obviously, most people will think of episode 10. Not going to go into that. But for most people, if you say episode 10 of Violet Evergarden, they're going to go, yeah, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it also has one of those characters and character design that overrides any limiting, like, limitation factor and uh, hits me directly in my lizard hindbrain because Ketalea, uh, damn it, it's hard to pronounce her name. Uh, she's not Ketalea, but she's not Ketalea. I forget how it goes, but uh, her specific overall character design is uh, has such a singular uh, appeal to, like I said, my my id centers that uh, I, I appreciate that a, a lot as well. Uh, Violet can be, you know, the, the purity of best girl, but uh, I can, I still have other indulgences. We'll, 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 we'll just call it that. But uh, where, where, where do you bring it in? Obviously you have uh, a much more specific musical connection to it that, uh, than I do, because that's where you made mention of Evan Call. Yeah, I mean, the music in this series is just absolutely gorgeous. It's lush, it's full, it's always fitting of the moment. Uh, so Evan Call absolutely hit it out of the park when he composed the background music for this series. But I have to echo your sentiments about the animation. I personally think that this is the most beautiful series and that Kyoto Animation has ever produced. Uh, it beats out anything else they've ever done by a landslide. I I will give sole exception 
specifically to when they when they're overdoing the uh, concert scenes in Hibike Euphonium. Some of that might be because I like the series better in general. Some of it, of course, is uh, because, you know, I, my music and, and concert band, and specifically kind of a brass connection. But I, I think they're the most impressed I've been from Kyoto Animation was in those times where they're going overboard because instruments are so hard to get. I complained about it in the, the Nodame Cantabile cast. And they're extraordinary in there. And of course, they're beautiful all over. But but Violet generally covers so much more ground with uh, so much more aplomb that indeed, short of a, a few key scenes in Hyoka, a few and uh, the concert scenes in uh, uh, Hibike, uh, it, it's it's hard to uh, rate anything, you know, touching upon most of what Violet Evergarden does. Yeah, I mean, when I reviewed Violet Evergarden, I am fully aware that this is not how it happened, so please don't send me angry messages about this. But I always like to facetiously imagine in my mind that Netflix just drove a dump truck full of money up to the front door of Kyo Annie, dumped it out, and said, go nuts. Yeah, yes, indeed. It, it feels like dump truck of money. I know that, yes, as you say, I know that they have spoke, said that they didn't have a, a particularly higher budget than anything else, but whatever, whatever magic they do, they did. So yeah, so Violet Evergarden, I will echo all of your sentiments. Uh, it is probably one of the best Kyo Annie series. Uh, it's not my favorite. It's not in my, you know, top, top, top tier. But in terms of just pure visual eyegasms, it's, <laughs> it's up there. Right. Uh, now, before we then go on to W, I have a question. One of the questions is, of your next four, is W, like, does it lead the others in favoritism by a long shot or uh, by a recent degree? The reason I'm mentioning this is because I'm going to assume that X and Z were also very hard for us, and they're kind of a piffle in uh, <laughs> in relation to anime favoritism. I was going to suggest we don't go in alphabetical order, but go to Z and work back to W. Uh, if if that feels like we're breaking up the order, then then fine. I feel we're just going to end on a deflationary uh, thing with Z. But for me, W is literally my favorite movie. Uh, okay, yeah, let's go ahead, let's do that. Well, let's go to Z, Y, X, and then W. Okay. So, as, as stated, there wasn't a whole lot of options for Z in particular. Um, this is not a favorite for me. It is more of a 
I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would going in. Uh, I think for a lot of people, Zombieland Saga would end up on their list, but I picked uh, Zvezda. Interesting. Do you do you remember or did you watch Zvezda? Now that that I'm using the nickname of it uh, because it uh, what's the what's the full name? World Conquest Plot Something Something Zvezda. Yes, World World Conquest Zvezda Plot or uh, Sekai Seifuku. Now both. S and W were, you know, no-goes, and I needed something for Z, and I figure most people, would, if they talk about Zvezda in the course of anime, they're, you know, that's the only way people are going to recognize it. The only word they're going to recognize that gets to them. It was a particularly zany sort of oddball comedy. A lot of these don't work. Like, uh... What is it? Eno battle? The uh, mysterious battles becoming commonplace. That's one that sort of leaned in and felt like it was going to be interesting and then, you know, kind of farted out at the end. Uh, or at least didn't ride throughout. There, there are a number that are kind of like that, including from PA Works. Uh, uh, what is it? Phantom World or... Uh, whatever also didn't really work. There are parts that I liked about it, and then it left. For whatever reason, I enjoyed the weird ride the whole way through that this one did. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, it was an A1 Pictures thing. It was, uh... I guess, it, I guess the anime was the source. It wasn't light novel originated, which may have helped it. It's like, here, do this thing... And, you know, make a wacky doodle. Maybe it just had the better storyboarding and better uh, directing with it. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the director, I'm just scanning through. He did some Blue Exorcist, Darker Than Black, Kuro Mukuro. So I'm not, I'm not detecting anything that would override. Uh, he did some direction in Wolf's Reign. Uh, storyboards and things that I did like, like uh, Razifon and Kanan, Tari Tari, but uh, nothing overwhelming. So I guess it just had to do, you know, probably it was just the, the overall writing and the particular brand of humor that uh, I found amusing for the for the whole ride. So again, it's not going to appear on a on a top 10, 20, 50, 100. 200 list for me but it at least it it felt like it's a more interesting and personal uh favorite in the z's for the limited options that the z gives you to begin with so i remember Dude, should i actually talk about it or not yeah okay i remember watching it and i remember enjoying it but for a life of me, now that I'm thinking back on it, I remember hardly anything about it. I can I can see that. Uh, it it's interesting. Yeah, it's more about like just look up the picture of the cast, and you can kind of filter in. Oh yeah, that's right, that thing, and the uh, when they were doing that, and the guy coming in here. But it, it was you know these secret organization 
uh, stuff where they're all kind of dopey. <laughs> of course, the premise is dopey as well. It's a uh, little girl who wants to take over the world with her organization. But, you know, it's like four people and they're all kind of putzes. Uh, so there, there's nothing serious in any level in the entire course of it. But it, it, you know, that's the whole point. That's where the humor is feeding from. And I think that the, the jokes that they were able to filter in just worked, you know, well enough. I remember there being actual, you know, properly uh, uh, things, not, not just weird situations, but properly staggered jokes in it that would make me screenshot and use them as, uh, as here, here's a funny joke. <laughs> yes, it, it's hard to remember too much about it now. It was back in, I think, 2014. So uh, there was plenty of stuff going on. It's not really worth a rewatch necessarily. Maybe if, you know, someone finds it interesting enough, I would, uh, I would watch it with them. I think I might have watched it on Daisuke back when it existed, which is an amusing way to date it. But uh, I don't know. It's still fun enough. Uh, if any of the other things that I mentioned has uh, the kind of appeal, whether you like it more or like all of them in general, you it's it's worth giving it a shot. So for my Z, I had to go a little obvious because I didn't have really any other choice. So mm. I am going with Zombieland Saga, even though, okay. again, it's not a great favorite. I didn't even really like the show until episode like six or eight or something like that. Um, it's good for what it is. It's got a nice unique take on the zombie fetish that everyone has had for over the last few years and what what about from the idol fetish the, how unique is the take other than the fact that obviously they're all they're, they're all zombies and that's a weird source of humor for it but uh I, I find your your comment a little interesting because I was actually very excited for it in the first two episodes. Uh, it has one of the best episode one setups that you can if if you can go into the show without knowing the name of it. If it's it's even better considering, you know, it it starts with a girl waking up thinking about uh, school and excitement and. Uh, idleness and doing a toast in mouth uh, running late to school thing anyway, and then getting hit by Truck Coon. Uh, <laughs> but instead of being transported to another world, she effectively enters a horror movie. And uh, that's what I thought was interesting about it because of the, there was so much horror leaning in episode one, and because they just kind of shifted genres again and musical stylings and completely different for episode two, I thought it would be really good if they could keep that up. Uh, but because episodes three through six just kind of went into much more idle normie land, my enthusiasm leaked out of me. Uh, it, it's fine. It's enjoyable enough. 
uh, I would rate it reasonably amongst idle fare, none of which I'm particularly enthralled with. Uh, but in the end, because it steered overly normy, I, uh, I lost a whole lot of uh, interest and enthusiasm about it. What, the, yeah. what caused it to pick up for you? Honestly, the first about six episodes or so, it was okay. It wasn't great. I was watching it because it was pushed on me very heavily by a friend of mine. Uh, so for an idol series, it's not that good. For a zombie series, it's a little better. What turned it around for me was their performance at the Saga Festival. I thought that was one of the best musical moments of the series, and that's yeah. what really kind of turned it around for me and got me more invested in finishing it off. If that scene at the festival hadn't happened, I'm not sure that I ever would have finished it. Hmm. Interesting. I'm trying to remember. That That feels like it was more normal idol fare, which... Uh didn't appeal uh, to me. So therefore it, it felt like part of the stretch of the, the norminess. I think uh -huh. after that, they started doing some of the weirdness again with sort of like the commercials and the fighting in the mascot festival or the, the idol mascotry festival, which I enjoyed. I would have just liked a, a completely different spin on the path to Budokan or whatever. Uh, uh -huh. Wake Up Girls was one of those that I enjoyed a lot and had a much lower level idol story it was telling. It was still fairly normal, but they kept it down to a degree that I, I thought it was a little bit more Earth. And it felt like if Zombieland Saga could have followed a trajectory more like Wug did, but you know, completely askew the whole time due to the fact that they're all zombies. I think I, I think that would have, uh, you know, been way more appealing to me in general, but I think it would have been way more unique for the, uh, for the genres encompassed and for anime in general. But, uh, Not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I have to say that Wake Up Girls is one of those shows that I never finished because it was a little too realistic and <laughs> that kind of bothered me a bit i got as far as the girls having to perform for the older men in the spa or sweatshop or whatever it was right yeah but once i got to that moment it was just no i can't do this <laughs> That, again, the more warning signs about uh, any, any Rakugo attempt that, that might happen. I, f I found that gave it an interesting and uh, personally appealing distinction to it. And uh, you're like, no, idols are my escapism. <laughs> I'm going to do that. It should be sweet and tsundere and they, <laughs> they do school festivals all the time. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, okay. I think we got more to say about uh, why. I'm pretty sure I know your why. 
My why is going to be pretty obvious, but let's go with yours first, uh, sure. and then we we're, can do mine. We're 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 keeping up with with the same pass off. Uh, there's one that you might think, especially because we mention you know music and melodrama a lot. So uh, that de- definitely your lie in April is one of those things that I think would occupy the Y space for a whole lot of people. But uh, in in this case, there is an old favorite. It, it's one of those that I tried my damnedest to uh, proselytize. It's the one I didn't want to talk about when we were mentioning sports uh, and mentioning, um, you know, non-supernatural anime. Uh or, you know, fighting-related. Technically, it's fighting-related because it involves a judo girl who is fashionable. Uh, I'm talking about Yawara. Of so course. That, that is an ancient one. I did mention it in uh, in context uh, back when uh, we were ass-classing uh, but it, you couldn't finish it. There are way too many episodes. And while 40 episodes, four core of UR would still be good, uh, it was way better to get sort of another one of that era for me. Uh, UR I would get to later. I, I certainly did get some videotapes from Chinatown. I'm not sure when. It would have been after things like Gundam Wing and Kenshin that we were doing. But Yawara definitely fit in there because it was just amusing. We had no idea what to uh, what to do with it or, or what it would be about. And I think none of us at that time watched anything that was, again, particularly normie in concept school-wise. Uh, we'd, at that point, we would have watched other high school romance stuff, so things in the shoujo direction, uh, Hanayori Dango, Kokowa Greenwood, uh, me making everyone watch uh, Umiga Kikueru, but uh, I don't think we'd done sports. So this was one of those, and the spin on it was just very enjoyable at the time because it's effectively a sports story in in many ways told in reverse you definitely get your tropey stories about uh these people who don't know how talented they are and are introduced to something and they're the gateway for the audience to join the sport in general in fact another why does that entirely which is yamushi pedal uh you definitely have your people who don't realize how much they will love something. They're a complete newbie. Uh, but the, this one is told from the uh, uh, from the, the point of view of effectively your overpowered shonen protagonist. Because Yawara has essentially is, uh, you know from judo prodigies. Her grandfather is a grandmaster. Uh, Her father was a champion just coming on the scene who is missing from the series because he got thrown by Yawara. Uh, She she iponzeoid him when she was like six. Uh, (laughs) And then he had to leave home 
to uh, do the, uh, you know, I am, I am an ashamed man. I must go train myself or uh, figure out stuff. He'll, he'll come back in. He's kind of a piece of shit. There's plenty to object to from Yuara in general. You have to enter it from the perspective of uh, she is destined to be a world champion. She can do it from the very beginning of the series that you see. She just doesn't want to. And so the entire time she is fighting against, even while training for hours every day and pleasing her grandfather in that way, she's fighting against him. He has plans to have her bust out on the scene in high school and uh, defeat people. He wants her to go and place gold at the Olympics, uh, become the world champion and everything like that, and become her own judo royalty. She just doesn't want to. But it's one of those things where, you know, you, you as the audience have to accept that this is her fate. And then kind of enjoy the comedy and the gaggish bits that she doesn't want to the whole time. That's the source of uh, a lot of it. If you find it overall distressing that no one is paying attention to her wants and desires and, and needs, well, then you're, you're not going to like it. But uh, it's one of those things where we understand she is fated to become this person. We see over long periods of time because you know, it's like 120 episodes in a movie. So it's very, it's very extended. We see that she is, you know, thoroughly invested in judo. There's a, there's a kind of competition that she does uh, value and thrive on once she's able to discover it because she has none of it when she starts out. Uh, there's a level of, comradeship and companionship she develops through it with other people uh that is also very meaningful in the end but it's uh, it, it does end up being a bit of a slog to get there especially if you can't uh throw the initial presence in the way that that plays out comedically on screen so uh i will at some point have to test you just to see and you can keep some of these words in mind. It, it still may be too old to, to settle in, but at the time, all of us loved Yawara and cursed that there was never any more of it. Uh, Animago picked it up, but they only localized 40 episodes. They hadn't licensed the whole series, and it didn't do well enough for them to, uh, to get the rest of it. So for it, it took until, like, 2015 for even fan suburbs to complete it so that was uh that that was painful for me for something that's counting the number of days until the barcelona olympics <laughs> which lets you know just how old this series is and i'm a little surprised that uh that uh what's it uh urasawa didn't get other mention on my list because he's he's very prominent for me, but more in a manga form. Uh, for for monster for people who don't know. So this particular thing, he had a tendency to switch between things. He was writing 
you are at some point alongside Monster or uh, alongside Happy, which is one about a uh, tennis playing uh, girl. So uh, it's it's interesting what that man can do, and I pretty much love everything he does. Uh, but for whatever, for the overall reason, Yuara from an anime standpoint is the uh, is the most meaningful to me, and uh, and uh, will will outride even something like your lie in April, which you can now let me know if it's your choice. But I'm pretty sure yours is sports related. But anyways, uh, so my why. I could have gone with Yona of the Dawn. I could have gone mm-hmm. with um, Your Lie in April. Uh, I decided to also go with a sports series that I've watched many times, and that would be Yuri on Ice. The false marketing title of all time. Yes, I do remember when <laughs> the series was first announced and everyone was so excited about girls on ice skates and then they discovered no. It's all cute boys. So, uh, so I, I know how much the opening means to you. Yeah, the opening theme song is one of my favorites of all time, Uh, but the series itself is just really good. I think that it tells a remarkable story. I think it's one of the more inspiring series of the last few years, and I mean that genuinely. the, the story that it tells within 12 episodes is just remarkably well done. Um, I think that to take it from another angle as well, I really enjoy that. But I think that it's a wonderful that it tells a story that could definitely be interpreted as LGBT friendly. Um, it's pretty over. They're not hiding yeah. a whole lot. Yes, you can you can duck under it if you really want, but uh, come on, who yeah. who we kidding? Yeah, uh, that's fair. And more to the point, I think for uh, the the G contingent, you have a lot of uh, you know Yaoi in general which is not terribly great relationship fair and story fair most or much of the time. Uh, so having something that doesn't tread quite so uh, far into potential, you know, relationship <laughs> abuse and the, the other things that uh, that is generally known for is, is similarly uh, aspirational for just, you know, a generally open you know, story and uh, romance told otherwise, but uh, but the uh, the the sports and the competition is done well. I'm very surprised that it hasn't gotten a season two because there's plenty more to play out. Well, it's going to get a movie. Well, at some point, I'm surprised it took as long as it did to get a movie as well. I kind of forgot that yeah, there was a movie. Fair. It feels like it needs more. I'm not as sold on the way that uh, anything romance was told. It just doesn't hook 
quite as well uh, in my book when uh, the the manner in which it's told overall. Uh, it's still good. It's just not going to rate up there. there. There are a lot of people to whom it means a whole lot and invest a lot into, which, uh, which doesn't quite sync up with me. I have a personal issue with... Uh, the overuse of certain skating scenes and rotoscoping, which like CG hits my brain at an angle that I'm like, ah, <laughs> please have done this a little better. Uh, JJ is best boy. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he's not, but he's most entertaining boy. So, uh, <laughs> so it's definitely a, a fun ride. Uh, and I've certainly introduced that to a number of people as well. And uh, it it would not uh, override your lie in April for me. And and I've hooked more people with your lie. But uh, but definitely, Yurdi on Ice is great fare. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. It's definitely a series that I've gone back to multiple times. So... Yeah, definitely. It's earned its spot on my list. Uh, okay, so now we're not going to Z, we're going backwards to X. Yeah, and X was another series, was another letter where I didn't have that many options, so the choice that I made isn't really that personally great to me. Right. I just need an X. Amusingly, we we may well uh, fall on the same thing, and amusingly, the two most prominent X's that come to mind are both clamp-related, but I specifically brought Halleck up previously in connection with Please Redo This Without God-Awful Animation. So yeah. that, that guts the anime for me, but uh, this is where I am using it as a manga override because it okay. is some of my favorite clamp. I think it is some of the best drawn clamp. It's the most aesthetically interesting. Obviously from a story perspective, the anime is good, uh, but oh my God, I hate their spaghetti limb, you know, freak creature character design. I do not understand it. It drives me up a wall. So I could not, uh, at all go anywhere with with Halleck otherwise. I like the X uh, 1999 anime a lot more, movie and otherwise. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm gonna give it uh, a favorite. But uh, this one is technically due to the manga influence and specifically not the animes. Uh, Halleck is my choice as well. Again, I just needed an X. It's not a favorite of mine. It's not something that I've revisited any time in recent memory, so I don't even have that much to say about it. So let's just move along to W. Okay. Uh, w, as I implied before, or rather explicitly said, uh, is my favorite movie. So what... Do you think that might be? I've I've likely mentioned it before. I'm a little surprised it hasn't, uh, or the uh, the director hasn't come up before. 
but uh, in in this case, I'm going with uh, Mamoru Hosoda's Wolf Children. Okay. And this is my other appointment viewing because it is what I watch on Mother's Day, and anytime I can, I watch it with my mother, who also loves that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she's one of the people that I I didn't bring in necessarily. With Your Lie in April, I brought her in with Erased in the end, and she started watching more commonly. But uh, Wolf Children is one of those things that I just adore. Uh, from most every angle, uh, I don't think... It feels like for something as modern as it is, it doesn't get quite the, uh, you know, the, the applause that it should. I think it does rank reasonably high for a lot of people, but there's just something about the overall story that's told, the way that it's told. Again, this has kind of that uh, bucolic countryside appeal to me, wherein if I ever want to uh, escape from the city, I, I have Nonambiori and uh, wolf children to lean on to make my way through weirdly cold winters and... Uh, other stuff. It has one of my favorite uh, scenes in all of anime in it, uh, which is that first snowfall. The music that's playing uh, and the overall scene for it is just a a triumph of humanity, although in this case technically wolf-manity sort of. Uh, <laughs> where it's, it's just such a, a fundamentally huge burst of uh, uh, enthusiasm and, and love of life that it can't help but inspire you. And then it almost immediately transitions to a, uh, a fairly shocking scene that becomes a turning point in the movie. Uh, it, it does so much so well that, uh, that uh, it's one of the other things that, you know, is... Appointment viewing for me, I watch it yearly, I uh, push it on everyone I can, and I have exceedingly little bad that I can say about it. So for my W, I am going to jump back into the horror genre and go with my other favorite horror series, which would be When They Cry. Okay. When They Cry... The weird thing about horror with me is that I can only watch it when it's animated. If it's live-action horror, I can't go near it. It just, right. I can't. But when it's <laughs> animated and it's cute girls, you know, slaughtering each other, yeah, bring that on. So When They Cry came out, it was another one of those shows that was being released right around the time that I was starting as an anime blogger, 2005-ish. Genion was releasing it. Uh, they got through the first three volumes, and then they decided to take their ball and go home. Mm -hmm. And it just floored me. I was so terrified that I was not going to get to see the end of the series. And then Funimation picked up, picked it up, released the second half of it, and it sold so horribly that they said at the time that they would never license it again, which they recently changed their mind about that, but that's right. another story 
for another time. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, uh, I was so glad when Sentai picked up the license a few years ago and released the second season and the third season as well, even though they're not as good. But the first season of When They Cry is peak anime horror to me it is bloody it is violent it is intense it is the anime horror for me there are a lot of series that have done horror you know in their own way but when they cry still stands up as one of the best anime horror series i've ever watched in my life sure I forgot I did mention it technically when we were doing the use because I saw Umineko or uh, thought about Umineko and I'm like, oh, yeah. But uh, I my brain goes to Higurashi and Umineko instead of when they cry. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder what other people would normally pick. You need to, We need to encourage everyone to make their own alphabet list and then we can all compare them and rank them together. <laughs> Sounds good. So if you're listening, go ahead and submit your list in the comments, and CT and I will look at them and judge you accordingly. You may judge our shit taste, and we will judge yours. That's the way that it is. It is the way of weebhood. It is the nature of the internet in general. <laughs> also true. Depressingly. So, alright, that wraps up our lists. Uh, I want to go ahead and just kind of cap things off at that point, because we've been recording for over two hours, and my wife is waiting for us to eat dinner. So, mm -hmm. we'll wrap things up at that point. Uh, thank you, CT, for sitting down and doing this with me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, and thanks for all of you for being able to follow this part two for more than two hours. It's going to be a, a heck of a two-parter, frankly. But uh, yeah. I guess if you're talking about 27-ish things that you like a lot, there's plenty to talk about. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up. Thank you very much to you. Thank you very much to everyone who listened to us ramble on for hours and hours about our favorite series if you like what we're doing with these podcasts please feel free to throw a dollar or more our way via our patron patreon.com slash otaku review we'll be back again soon so thank you very much and have a good night everybody good night everybody <laughs>